coming to you from the mountains and the plains. The only conservative voices brave enough to push back. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Altman. That's what the Second Amendment was designed to do. If you're going to do something to, to nullify or take away my rights under the Constitution, come get it. Max McGuire. When you look at politicians on the left, um, they need to convince people that they are victims. A resistance to the resistance. And now your hosts, Joe Altman and Max McGuire. And welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Monday, everyone. We did not have a podcast over the weekend because I was still banned from Facebook. So I figured rather than try and figure everything out, no podcast over the weekend. But we're back today. And Joe is not in today. It's just me. So if you want to call in and help me fill this two hours, 888 441 1121 is the number. First hour, we're talking about the border invasion, which is that is what it is. It is an invasion. It has reached invasion levels. And the second hour, we're going to be talking about some recent court cases dealing with the Second Amendment, what the Ninth Circuit said about your right to carry, what the Sixth Circuit said about bump stocks, and what the Supreme Court is considering regarding police being able to enter your home and seize your guns without even needing a warrant. So that's all coming up in the second hour. But before we get to that, make sure you hit that share button on Facebook. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you comment, comment, comment on YouTube. Comments are key, but also make sure you give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already. And on DLive, if you haven't already, hit that follow button. We're now up to 1,350 followers. So hit that follow button. We should hopefully soon have the ability to have subscribers. They're taking their sweet time over at DLive, approving us for the next affiliate level. Um, but make sure you follow us, make sure you comment, and we are able to receive lemons again. So if you feel so inclined, we will happily accept your lemons. Okay, getting right into the border crisis, because the, <laughs> the Biden administration, or as I call him, former Vice President Biden, that's a way kind of to give him an official title without having to acknowledge his current one. Former President, former Vice President Biden isn't even willing to acknowledge that this is a border crisis. They're saying that this is just the natural way that things go. It's cyclical. We'll play play a couple of those clips from the Sunday shows and from a recent press conference of White House officials trying to lie to the American people and convince them that this isn't a full-blown crisis. So the Biden administration cannot fix a crisis that they refuse to even acknowledge it exists. Right? You cannot that's Anyone who's ever had a family member or friend who's an alcoholic, step one is admitting you have a problem, right? The Biden administration, former Vice President Biden, will not even admit that there is a problem at the border, let alone take any steps to fix it or rectify it or solve it or, or prevent the flood of illegal migrants across our border. And it's getting really, really personal. As I've mentioned on the show, I live in the San Antonio area. We're the closest major, I mean, obviously you have El Paso, sure. But if you're talking about like the, the big four Texas cities, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, San Antonio is the closest to the border. So we're going to experience this, even though they've already shipped some migrants to Houston, we're going to experience this before the other big cities do. And we're starting to see it. As I mentioned on the show before, you pull into Home Depot and you automatically notice that there are more illegal aliens looking for work. You drive past the bus stations 
noticeably more people uh, taking buses around the state, around the country, when the rest of us have been told not to take buses. It's too dangerous. Starting to notice a lot of this. But in the past week, in the past few days, something happened in Frio County, Texas, which is just southwest of San Antonio. That is absolutely shocking. And I want to paint the picture of what happened before I show you the video. You might have seen this video. It was going a little viral over the weekend. It is video of a truck driver pulling in, pulling off to the side of the road and opening his trailer and releasing dozens of illegal aliens just into the interior. Now, it's 100 miles into the interior, so technically any of those illegal aliens that are caught would not be considered border apprehensions. You can't call it a border apprehension if it's a mile into, 100 miles into the country. So they technically wouldn't even qualify as border apprehensions, wouldn't even qualify under the numbers which we're about to tell you of what Homeland Security is telling Border Patrol to prepare for. So this was a truck driver that was smuggling dozens of illegal aliens. People, concerned citizens, started calling the police when they noticed illegal aliens were opening the back of the trailer and putting their arms and their heads out, presumably to try and get some fresh air. So concerned citizens driving behind the truck alerted authorities that there were <laughs> humans in the back of this trailer. So police were able to respond to the scene pretty quickly, but the truck driver pulled over in Frio County, Texas, released the illegal aliens into the town, into the, into the area, and they just scattered. So we're going to play this clip so you can see it, because this was caught by, a, a again, a concerned citizen who was watching what was unfolding. Let's go ahead and play this. This is cut number one. opening up the trailer and they're jumping out two by two. It's almost like a reverse Noah's Ark. Two by two, they're jumping out of the trailer and they're walking out. They just keep going. They just keep going. I wish this guy would have filmed it in horizontal video, but we get vertical video. Um, yeah, they they packed this trailer full of illegal aliens. These are not refugees. These are not, are not asylum seekers. These are not people trying to be apprehended. See, there's two different types of illegal aliens that we're seeing at the border. They're the ones who are deliberately seeking out Border Patrol because they know they have a get-out-of-jail-free card, either because they're part of a family unit or they're an unaccompanied minor, or there are these other illegal aliens that know that if they are apprehended in the border area, they will be sent back because they're not one of those special classes of of unaccompanied children or families. They're the ones who need to get past that 100-mile uh, demarcation line. They're the ones who have to get into the interior because if they get apprehended too close to the border, it'll be considered border apprehension. They can get sent right back, right? Even though we still know that the majority of them are not being sent back the way they're supposed to, even the majority of the adults are being released into the country. So what happened there, that was a truck driver. And so police were on the scene pretty quickly. And I'm, I'm reading the, the account. We don't have video of the entire encounter, but police say the truck driver tried to hide amongst the illegal aliens so he wouldn't be charged with, I don't know, human trafficking, smuggling, and the like. Well, that didn't work. It was, it was obvious that one guy was a truck driver. The rest were very dehydrated illegal aliens who had just driven in the back of a container truck for hours on end. So police got him. They turned him over to the feds. And they were able to apprehend 65 illegal aliens, 65. Now, I don't think they caught them all. I don't think they admit that they caught them all because into the night in this area of Texas, there were homeowners, ranchers calling into the police into the wee hours of the morning, the following morning, 
calling and telling police that there were illegal aliens running across their fields, running across their property, ducking in and out of their uh, their backyards. So this is this is a real thing. This might not. I know a lot of people who listen are from Texas. We have a lot of people listen from Colorado. A lot of people listen from all different parts of the country. I'm telling you, here in San Antonio, this is getting real. This is really real when they are just releasing illegal aliens, and and that's a smuggler. That's a human trafficker, right? That's the the scum of the earth. But we also have the federal government just bussing them. I mean, what's worse, a, a, tr- a tractor trailer? Or a Greyhound bus that's officially sanctioned. It's all bad in my book, right? It's it's all the same problem. But now, this is now reaching these interior Texas cities. And I'm not just talking about putting the migrants up in the expo halls or the, or the event centers. These are illegal aliens being released into these cities. Next stop, your town. Next stop, your city. Because we know that Joe Biden wants to move these people into other areas of the country. One of the one of the policy proposals they're working on is to fly illegal aliens from the southern border to our northern border so that North Dakota, right, Montana, all those northern border states, red states, can deal with the problem. It's, it's a very Democrat way of looking at it. For years, they spend years arguing that these people make their society better, will make cities more vibrant, more culturally diverse, and then when there's actually a crisis, they're not flying them to New York City. They're not flying them to Boston or Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia or, or L.A. No, they're, they want to fly them to Montana or North Dakota right, or Minnesota where they have other border checkpoints because the northern border is not being overrun. It's the southern border. So I always find that so interesting that, that oh, oh, immigrants, migrants, they are the lifeblood of the cities. And when there's an actual crisis, they want to just ship them out into the most <laughs> rural parts of the country. <sighs> it's, it's incredible stuff. Beth Davis saying that she wishes she could share this. I'm not sure if that means Facebook is stopping you or if you're afraid to share it. Either way, you should still be able to share it. So hit the share button. And if you can't hit the share button, you can copy the URL and post that URL as your own Facebook post. So you can still share it that way. Um, And people are saying the text message went out. Good job with the text. We do have Josh back with us. Josh, do you want to say a couple quick words? I know people on the, uh, a lot of people in the audience were very worried about you. Do you want to let people know how you're doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. A guy just tries to take a day off and then the world melts and people are calling and, but I'm doing great. There's, there's. You know, it's it's standard stuff. We're right back into Monday, and now we're talking about how there's going to be illegal aliens running through Denver any moment. I mean, they should yeah. be showing up here if they haven't already, right? That whole I-25 well, corridor. Is well, you'll get the New Mexico buses. ones. You'll oh, get the New Mexico ones. Is that the ones we're getting? Yeah. you. I don't think they'll take Texas and, and bring it all the way over to Colorado. I think you'll get the ones that are crossing in New Mexico. Oh. Um, oh they'll just, well, they'll just I mean, ship them straight up to you. I, I don't know what buses are taking them where now, but I'm sure those people in Montana are really going to like it. I mean, do they know that oh, the yeah, no, they're kind of rough, right? I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to settle in Montana, though. I guess some of them could if they're ca- caught and released. Um, then in it's Canada more of just go? like, yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't really know. You'd think that America, if America is this racist of a country, you'd think all these brown people would keep going into Canada. But well, no, they, they're probably going to want to stay here which kind of blows up that whole theory that we're too racist for brown people. Um, well, good. You're, you're feeling good. You're, fe- you're, you're feeling back at 
Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm ready to kick butt, take some names and start taking phone calls. All right. Well, let's start taking phone calls. We we kind of didn't want to take too many phone calls with Josh out because he is the master call screener. So if you want to call in, 888-441-1121 is the number. Call in, talk about this border invasion. I want to show a little bit of, of statistics. I know people's eyes tend to glaze over when we talk about statistics, but this is important. I have, I have to set this baseline before I tell you what the memo says that Homeland Security is now circulating to Border Patrol. I need to show you what the border apprehensions looked like last year. So go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. These are straight from the Customs and Border Protection, Border Patrol, um, the 2020 fiscal year Southwest border apprehension numbers. And hopefully this isn't blurry. Hopefully you can see what's on the screen. You look down at the bottom right of that little table. It says, 400,651. That is the total number of Southwest border apprehensions the previous fiscal year. Now, remember, the fiscal year ends at the end of September. So October 1st starts a new fiscal year. So that's October 1 of 2019 through the end of September 2020. That fiscal year, you had 400,651 border apprehensions in the Southwest border. Now, that does not include people like we just saw in that truck deliberately trying to evade border patrol because they know they'll be sent back or they know they're already criminals. They've been previously deported. Doesn't include that. It doesn't include the people who border patrol doesn't catch. So people cross the border, but just don't get caught. So that number is much higher, but the number that border patrol apprehends and, and catches and processed last fiscal year, 400,651. Important to note, the family units here, 52,230 illegal aliens in the last fiscal year identified as being part of a family unit. Now, I have to use that term loosely because we know from very, very limited, um, very, very limited genetics testing that Trump was trying to roll out, that a lot of these family units aren't actually family units. They're people claiming to be related, but in fact, it's just an adult who is using a kid to get across the border. We've talked about this on the show, the human slave trade that's now evolved in Mexico, how kids are being bought and sold to aid illegal border crossings. They're being reused as slaves. Terrible, terrible stuff. But I want to show you that in the last fiscal year, fiscal year 2020, 52,230 family units, unaccompanied children, 30,557, and then single adults, the least protected of all the classes, 317,860. Four. Now, that's the important numbers. 52,000 family units, 30,000 unaccompanied children. Border Patrol and DHS is now warning that they expect a surge. Don't pay too much attention to this graph. The important part that we want to go to, this is on Axios, important part comes here towards the bottom. Here we go. Under current policies, the government is facing unheard numbers of migrant kids illegally crossing the border this fiscal year from 159,000 to 184,000. U.S. Border Patrol is now anticipating that they will see 184,000, as many as 184,000 unaccompanied kids crossing the U.S.-Mexico border this year. 184,000, just to refresh your memory, last fiscal year, it was 30,000, 30,557. Now they are warning it will be between 159,000 and 184,000. Now it could go up as more people send their children to the United States in search of a better life. 
but it's it, let's just go with the 184,000. That's what more than six times as many unaccompanied children as last year. And Biden's saying that's not a crisis. Nope, not a crisis. Let's refresh again. Go back to the screen. 52,230 family units in the last fiscal year. This year, they are anticipating right here. The data obtained by Axios did not include projections for migrant families, but the Department of Homeland Security is expecting from 500,000 to 800,000 migrants crossing the border this fiscal year in family groups, the Washington Post reported Sunday. So again, jumping from what was that? I, I keep I keep even forgetting. 52,230. So jumping from 52,000 family unit illegal aliens last year with DHS now predicting this year, this fiscal year, ending on the last day of September. So it's not even a full year, right? We're talking about what the next eight, eight-ish months, whatever, I, I don't even know what month is. Next couple months, we're talking about 500,000 to 800,000 illegal aliens claiming to be part of a family unit. That is a 1,500% increase over the last fiscal year, if they hit that number. Now that's presuming, I, I assume it's presuming that Biden does nothing. That's what it probably looks like if he continues to do nothing. 800,000 illegal aliens claiming to be part of a family unit, therefore getting special treatment, getting put up in those kinds of hotels and released into the interior. Up from 52,000 last year. 1,500% increase. And then you have the adults, which we have no idea with the adults because the adults are trying to evade capture. The, the illegal alien adults are not part of those unaccompanied children or family units. They do not get the same protections. So they, uh, most of them are trying to evade capture. They're not the ones turning themselves in because they know they'll be sent back, especially the ones who have been previously deported or who have a criminal history. So when you add all this up, if, if the adult apprehensions stay the same as last year, you're looking at 1.2 million illegal aliens being at, at the cap being apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border this year. If the adults go up, which you would expect, you expect more adults to be crossing as well, then you start looking at 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 million illegal aliens crossing the U.S.-Mexico border this year and being apprehended. And again, that does not include the ones who cross and are not apprehended and just disappear or are apprehended outside of that exclusion zone, which I believe is about 100 miles. So hey, we're Max. talking about a massive surge. Hey, Max. So I was just, you know, for craps and giggles, was looking at the overall population of Colorado alone, which is 5.7 million people, right? And Denver's yes. population is about 705,000. So you're saying that an entire major metropolitan city number of illegal immigrants will be entering the United States in this fiscal year. I'm just trying to put that, that in perspective. This is, this is the worst case scenario as predicted by U.S. Border Patrol, uh, sorry, DHS, given the current trajectory, this is their worst case scenario of what it looks like this fiscal year. So a, an entire Denver city's worth of individuals will be showing up. That's huge. So it's more than that, right? It's more than that. If we're talking, if we're assuming that there are no more adults than last year. We had the same number of adults as last year, which I think is, you wouldn't really do that. You'd expect more to come. It's a surge. But even if we just keep that at the, what, 317,000, give or take, 
right? Round it up to make it easy numbers. You're looking at 1.2 million based on the worst case scenario that Border Patrol is presenting for family units and unaccompanied children. 1.2 million. That is more than the population. It's uh, 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 more than the population of San Jose, California. That's it's almost the same as the as the population of Dallas. If you start getting an extra hundred thousand adults apprehended. Then you're getting into the entire population of Dallas. We are talking about as many illegal, uh, enough illegal aliens crossing this fiscal year. If you put them all in the same geographic area, they would be the 10th most populated city in the United States. That's insane. So how do we support these individuals? Because certainly most of those people will need some sort of welfare, won't they? Or they'll need some sort yeah. of health care. Imagine, imagine if, if the entire city of Dallas the entire city of Dallas was unable to care for itself. And now Dallas is, is 1.34 million. So it's a little bit less than Dallas, but let's just use that because it's a nice round number and a, a nice, a nice city to think about. Imagine if the entire city of Dallas has no skills, has no formal education, has no medical history to show whether or not they're carrying diseases or not. And they need welfare in order to survive. Imagine if the federal government had to provide for the entire city of Dallas in perpetuity. Imagine if it was just a complete crisis. No one had any ability to provide for their families. Total poverty, no skill set, no education. Federal government needs, needs to feed these people, needs to house them, needs to educate them, needs to inoculate them and, and provide medical care for them. Right? Just think about the expense. And we don't have that currently. Yes, yeah, sure. There are people in American cities, Americans, who are on welfare programs. And I get it. Welfare is supposed to be a, a, lift, a, a help up, right? It's supposed to be that rising tide that helps lift people up. Imagine if an entire city, Dallas, San Jose, right? Or San Diego, if it gets even worse. An entire city just popping up overnight of illegal aliens and now needing complete government assistance. Oh, don't, don't forget Obamacare. Remember every single Democrat on stage all raised their hand, said that illegal aliens should qualify for Obamacare. So if, if you want to look at your own health care premiums, what you're paying out of pocket, because remember, the majority of conservatives aren't getting the freebies, right? We're still paying out of pocket for very expensive insurance. It's, it's the Democrats voting bloc that tend to benefit more from the price changes, right? So we saw what, how our prices went up after the Affordable Care Act passed. Imagine if they just invented a whole new city, 1.2, 1.3 million people, all like unknown health conditions, right? And like, oh yeah, they're all also gonna be in your same, uh, in your same insurance pool. <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask you one more quick question? Are yeah. they going to be mailed a ballot? <laughs> I don't know. Address? Not I'm in Texas, curious. not in Texas they won't. But in, if, if in they Colorado, settle in California, if they settle in California, California has motor voter, which is the idea when you register to, uh, when you sign up for your driver's license, you also are automatically registered to vote. And there have been lots of cases of illegal aliens not only being registered to vote in California because they were getting their license, which is a whole other issue, uh, but they also that they voted, right? So different states have different rules. Texas, it would never fly. We wouldn't give them ballots. No way, no how. Um, but it's a real concern when you look at other states that have motor voter in play. And an illegal alien goes for a regular ID, and in some in some cases they just be automatically registered to vote. It's interesting. There was a there was a court case 
70s or 80s that was challenging whether or not schools have to care for illegal immigrant children, have to, have to educate illegal immigrant children. And basically the school districts, I'm going to try and find it. Um, the, the school districts are saying, we can't afford this. We can't afford just to be um, educating the world's children. The courts came back and said, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it, it, so I have, the Supreme, I have the court case right here. We can go ahead and put it on my screen. Um, I don't remember the name of this one, but quick Google search, got it. Filer v. Doe. Filer v. Doe. This was a case. Supreme Court struck down a state statute denying funding for education to undocumented, undocumented children. And a municipal school district's attempt to charge an annual $1,000 tuition fee to compensate for lost state funding. Basically, you can go and read this. To summarize, the Supreme Court said it's not that big of a financial burden. Having a few extra illegal aliens in class is not going to bankrupt the town, and therefore you have to provide that service to them. Fast forward four decades, and it's a very different story. You go into inner cities in California, and there are entire classrooms where not a single kid speaks English. And they don't even all speak Spanish. Every kid speaks a different language. Right? Because remember, we're not just talking about Spanish illegal immigrants. We're talking about illegal immigrants from what, uh, Eastern Europe, from Africa, from Asia. So it's, it's, a, it's a real melting pot in those school, in those classrooms. So the Supreme Court forces them to educate the kids because it's not that big of a financial burden. But now the schools are required to hire all these translators because no one in the class speaks the same language. So you look at what's happening with these illegal aliens. You revisit that, that, uh, that court case, Filer v. Doe, in today's context, when you are looking at the, the prospect of a brand new Dallas worth of illegal immigrants entering the country, and that case is untenable. You, you can't defend that. You can't say that, that a whole new Dallas-sized population of illegal immigrants can just be entering the United States, and it's not a financial burden on our education system, on our, our municipalities, on our healthcare system, right? It's, it's a big deal. It is absolutely a big deal. But the Biden administration, former Vice President Biden and his spokespeople do not even believe that this is a crisis. As I mentioned, they're not even will, willing to admit that it is a crisis. But before we get to those clips, we have a caller. We have Melissa on the line. Melissa wants to talk about how she hasn't had kids because she can't afford them, but now she'll have to, through taxes, take care of other illegal immigrant children. Melissa, welcome to the show. Hey, Max. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. So you, you say that you've, you've opted not to have kids for the expense. One of the reasons, at least. I mean, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, another reason, you know, growing up, all the kids disappearing and things like that. I just couldn't imagine going through something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, we see the, the estimates all the time. The cost of raising a child until the age of 17, the low end of that average is $233,000. So spread out, obviously, across the kid's entire life. That, that's a significant expense that a lot of people want to put off uh, motherhood, fatherhood until they're ready. Um, that's a big expense, but you're absolutely right. Now, your taxes, you've already been paying for illegal immigrant children, depending on where you live. That would determine how significant that is. But yeah, you'd be paying for their health care. You'd be paying for their education. 
be paying for their welfare. Yeah, congratulations. You have adopted. I feel like a, a late night infomercial telling you to adopt a panda overseas. Congratulations. You have adopted an illegal alien child. Yeah, I just, I, I don't understand it. You know, I look at the whole thing, you know, like with the 1,200 families, we're spending $86 million to house 1,200 families for six months at $400 a day. Yeah. Me personally, you know, I make around 15000 a year. I spend 6000 on rent. You know, I budget my money very, very well. I'm not on any kind of welfare. I don't get food stamps. I don't get any help from the government. Not that I want it, you know, because that's my opinion yeah. the five scariest words you could ever hear from the government. We're here to help. <laughs> yeah, it's $400 a day for yeah. six months, for a family for six months. They're putting them up for, I believe the number was seventy-one, seventy-two thousand dollars $72,000 is what they're just paying on the hotel. Not including the food, yeah. not including the medical care, not including the the education, not including the travel. Remember, they're getting free bus tickets too. I mean, how great mm -hmm. would it be for the government to give us a bus ticket or a plane ticket, go wherever we want, and then say, okay, while you're there, we're going to put you up in a hotel for six months, and we're going to pay $400 a night just for the hotel, and then we'll give you a per diem for food and whatnot. And if you get sick, don't worry, we'll cover it. And oh, if you want to go to school, we'll also cover that too. How great would that be? <laughs> would be great. <laughs> I pay five hundred a month for my rent. I'm I'm very fortunate. You know, I found a great you know garage apartment. So you know, my one day for them and a, two hours the next day is my full months worth of rent. It's just yeah. it's insane. I don't understand it. And we have homeless vets sleeping on the streets, but we can you know give money to illegal immigrants. Yeah, don't and remember that Congress. Congress couldn't even agree to give every American $2,000. They wouldn't even agree to do that. That was a Joe Biden promise. Not yeah. saying that I thought it would have been a good idea just to give free money to everyone. But this was Democrats were refusing to even give the American people two grand of their money back. They had to reduce didn't, it. Didn't Canada do it? Didn't Canada do it? Canada, they yeah, gave Canada's the, free money. people $2,000 EBI every month. Yeah, pretty much every Western nation is is now doing this and you're right we posted this meme over the weekend go ahead and put up my screen josh where the illegals will be sleeping a nice little holiday and express and then where the veterans are sleeping on the street how can we say we don't have money for our vets when we're able just to pull out of a discretionary account enough money to put illegal aliens up in a hotel and i don't i don't even know how they could spend four hundred dollars a night i don't I, you have to try hard to get a hotel for four hundred dollars a night these days well, they probably put them up in a, you know, a little $30, $40 a night hotel, motel, whatever, and then just charge $400 to us taxpayers. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what happened. I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're, they're going to a, high, uh, like a, a highway motel where it's $20 a night, $30 a night, $40 a night, and they're just billing the government an obscene amount of money just for, just for that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, if, I want, if you want to go to Honolulu right now, if you want to go to Honolulu, and let's say you're gonna you're gonna spend you're gonna spend six months there. Let's just see what it would look like if you want to spend six months in Honolulu. Uh, the the computer's not even able to, to do it. This is like <laughs> they can't even do it. Yeah, I'm having a hard time even spending four hundred dollars a night in Honolulu. 
That's and you give me $400 that's and send me to Honolulu. I can make it yeah. the whole six months with that $400. I can sleep yeah. on the beach and catch some fish. And <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing hotels in Honolulu for $70 a night, 100 dollars $200. Yeah, there's some over $400. <laughs> but this is incredible. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. If, if you I had the ability to say something to, to the, the, the government officials who are authorizing this, what would you want to tell them? Stop giving away all of our money. Start spending it here in the United States. I just, you know, if they would stop spending money to everyone else and take care of America first, we would be great. We would be so yep. much better off. Yeah, this is what America last looks like. Well, 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 thank you so much for the call. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, that was a great caller. And our next caller, we have... Gammy Sparkles on the Give me line. A second. Gammy Sparkles wants to talk about the border invasion. She's up next. I'm just going to vamp a little bit to give Josh some time to bring her on. Um, are we ready for her, Josh? Oh, not quite yet. Um, but yeah, th this is a real concern. It's a real ready. concern that Americans have that the government is spending all this money, but we're all still struggling to try and keep a roof over our heads. So we are ready. We do have Gammy Sparkles on the line. Gammy, how's it going? It's doing good. You know, um, you know, I'm trying so hard to behave, and I'm not doing very well at it. I just sent a huge... Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can. Can, can you mute your laptop or whatever you're watching the show on? Can you mute there the show okay, so we don't hear the go. echo? Sorry. Yeah. I, but no, we can hear you loud and clear. Just mute that so we don't hear the echo. Go ahead. I've been watching all the, you know, a lot of the conservative daily stuff. Um, I got tickets for tomorrow night. And then I've been watching Scott McKay, Kirsten Delbia, Dave Schneidiger. Um, I've been watching all the Maria Bartiroma, you know, Hannity, mm -hmm. Tucker. And then there's Jet Kelly. And then there's, oh, God, Salcedo and, and, and yeah. all these guys. And then our stuff that we get all the time through UADS, you know, just everything. Yeah. I feel like my head is going to explode from the different perspectives out there, but the glaring, like the elephant in the room, the blow horn, you know, Horton hears a who, well, <laughs> but nobody is hearing the who, and we're the who, because if the military were controlled by we the people... They have to have at least made sure that the border patrol, the ICE, yeah. the, the, the agencies that have been surrounding this entire travesty and treasonous shisa, um, their hands are being literally tied, kind of like once our yeah. soldiers were in, you know, Iraq and all, and couldn't shoot back even if somebody mm -hmm. was bombs at rules well the rules of engagement right and and it is just a little bit too odd and scary and people know what's going on here because all these people that would be able to stop this are being hogtied totally and that means that the current occupier illegally of the White House and his the former entourage vice regime. We, we call I'm, him the former vice president. 
Guys that cock on the end, whatever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, they and certain people who are writing atrocious bills in the Democrat Party are literally committing treason in front of everyone's eyes, and nobody is stopping them. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're, what's you're right. Scarier, keep going, go ahead. It goes even beyond that, because... We're looking at this, you know, it's like, <laughs> this is real and live daily. When Obama was president, I used to post this, the emperor has no clothes, because I still believe the emperor has no damn clothes. I think this is going oh. on. And it's it's not just a slap in the face. This has to be, who, are there AI? Are there, you know, people that look like people but aren't? Are there? Are they hypnotizing our military? Are they hypnotizing our well, our, our NSA homeland intel? Why in the hell would all the people that work to defend this nation just close their eyes and let this crap happen? It's a freaky state of affairs. Yeah. Well, that, the. They've there. Well, uh, if you want to know why the military is becoming where the way it is, the Biden administration is hiring diversity officials into into military posts. Their 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 job is not going to be to win wars, to project American strength abroad. It is to diversify the ranks and make sure that that we everyone is super respectful of everyone's differences and and skin colors and and races and ethnicities creeds. It's a different mindset. I see that. I see that, Max. I got you. You know, we got this you know, critical race theory and all the other stuff being shoved up every crap we got. But that's not the... the again, they were doing that before. They were doing yeah. that before this happened. And what I'm saying is even a good... You know, whether people are gay or straight or black or white or whatever, or even transgender or whatever of the 58 other categories that exist now, they're behinds are just as on the line as yours and mine and everybody's. Yeah. And I can't imagine that any of these people would let the nation literally go down because if this keeps up, that's where it's going. There is nothing yeah. left. Yeah. Our I think we're, we're, we're going to have to go defend. <laughs> I, 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 support if that. you don't think we aren't, Hey, if you don't think we aren't getting damn ticked off, when I yeah. start cussing and going shite the on every other post on Facebook because I can't say it, you know, without getting put in jail again uh, or whatever, let me tell you something. I'm like livid. Yeah. Woo. Well, I, I think what, what we're seeing in the military specifically is, yeah, you have the political appointees that Biden is installing who are who are doing what they can to change, right? But when you look at the officer class, not not necessarily the Pentagon, but like the the officer class beneath the Pentagon officials, they didn't just all change hands. Those are people who have been working their entire careers to to rise up the ranks. So these are people who've already believed in things like critical race theory, who've already believed in the diversity allotments, things like that, the transgender surgeries for military military uh, soldiers. They've believed all these things. Now they're they're giving free reign to to act on it, right under Trump. It's not like the whole officer class just changed over, right? Many of these people are the same as they, the same people in the same positions that were there when Trump was in office. Now they're just being unmuzzled and they're allowed to do whatever they want. 
So th this has been a long time coming. It, it's not Biden two months into his presidency being able to radically transform the military. Some of that is happening at the top levels. Make no mistake about it. But there's also this insurgent political correctness, leftism within the officer class, not as much the enlisted men, but the officer class um, that is now rearing that ugly head. And and they feel like they have they have a blank check just to do whatever they want. One final word before we let you go, Gammy. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'll give you one well, final word before we let you go. Well, we are going to have to really get uh, get wise and pay attention because, you know, remember that show V where the aliens took over people's bodies? Yeah, yeah. Well, either the aliens have taken over critical bodies or some, there's just something that smells so much like a rat. I'm going to have to walk around with a clothespin on my nose for a long time. <laughs> Hell, I mean, there's just something really screwy going on. Yeah, there's I'll something tell. rotten. Something you're saying something's in rotten Denmark. in the state of Denmark. Yeah, I, I completely, yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, well, thank you so much for the call, Gammy. Really do appreciate it. I, I love when she calls in. She's she's great. Um, she she mentions whether they're body snatchers. I don't think she means that literally. I think it's just like, well, what's going on? How can this just be a complete a complete 180? What we're also seeing is anyone who is a conservative in the military is being put uh, removed from positions that they would be able to affect change. We saw that when the National Guard was put into D.C. They removed National Guard members who had voted for Trump and who had sent text messages supportive of President Trump. They removed him. We're seeing that now with the purge of white supremacy within the ranks going after uh, people in the military who have a three percenter tattoo on them. Now, obviously, there are three percenter groups, but the three percent image it has always been that you are a defender of the republic. That's what the three percent um, mission has always been. It's, it's based on the notion, which we've talked in the podcast before, might not be entirely accurate, that three percent of the American colonists fought back against the British, and it took those three percent, just three percent, to win the American Revolution. I've talked about it. it probably was a little higher, close to four, five, six percent. But the point still stands. There is a minority of Americans willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice for freedom. And the military tends to be that minority. Right. When we're when we're a volunteer military, we're not a draft. The people who join up in the military are the ones willing to put their lives on the line. At least historically, they have been. So a three percent tattoo just from that little history has always been one of the most popular tattoos for people to get when they're in the military whether or not they actually belong to a militia. Put that aside. It's just the image, right? That's not been rebranded as white supremacy. White supremacy. Now, maybe there are white supremacists who brand themselves as three percenters. That's entirely possible. But it doesn't mean anyone who has that tattoo got it years ago is a white supremacist. But they're purging these people out from the military. They're forcing them to denounce conservatism while turning a blind eye to Antifa, or as Twitter now calls them, anti-Tifa or just Tifa for short. Now, there's a purge going on in the military. Make no mistake about it. And the military is being removed from the border. They're not even there anymore. Trump had them there helping Border Patrol out so that the, the military, National Guard, weren't making the arrests. They were doing the other things that Border Patrol would have normally been doing. So it would free up the agents to do the arresting, to do the apprehending. They're gone now, right? They're gone. Military is not deployed to the southern border anymore. They're gone. So as, as I said at the start, it's really hard for the former Vice President Joe Biden to fix this when he refuses to even admit that it's a crisis. I want to play some of these clips. Here's one 
where a White House official says that the border crisis is completely normal and it is just the cyclical ebb and flow up and down of normal border crossings. Let's go ahead and play cut number two. That regard. And on the border, uh, Secretary Merrick has put out a statement saying this is the highest pace of border crossings in 20 years. Yesterday, President Biden made it seem like this is not too unusual compared to other previous years. That in terms of the number of people trying to cross the border, it's, it's about average. Those don't seem to square. How does the administration view this in terms of whether this is precedented or whether this is an increase? Well, the president was making the point that we have seen increases uh, at the border in 2014 when he was the vice president, 2018 and 2019, and he conveyed that over the last six months of the uh, uh, Trump administration, there was an increase of about 31 percent. We've seen an increase of about 29 percent over the last several months since he took office. So the point is, we've dealt with this before. Uh, it is often seasonal. Uh, it is often cyclical. And he just wanted to convey that in his effort to to communicate and be uh, provide educational information to the public. So that is Jen Psaki, the circle back girl, saying that, oh, it's it's completely normal. It's it's only up 20 percent, which we just explained. That might be what it looks like now. But Homeland Security is expecting this to get even worse. They are not saying that it will be a 20 percent increase Their Homeland Security is expecting a 1,500% increase in family units, 600% increase in unaccompanied children. That's what they're preparing for. That's their worst case, what they're preparing for. And she's over here talking about 20% increases and comparing it to 2019, which, you know, 2019 was a spike. Absolutely. It was after the midterms, right? After Democrats took back seats and promised that they were going to push amnesty. So yeah, there was a spike in 2019. Very, very predictable. Very, very predictable when you start talking about amnesty. And yeah, Donald Trump had to then come in and, 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 and fix it. So 2020 was much lower. As we just showed, 400,000 apprehensions at the U.S.-Mexico border in fiscal year 2020. This year, they're expecting over 1.2 million. That is not a 20% increase. That right there, at the very least, is three times as many. A 300% increase. <laughs> yeah, no. No, but oh, just just 20%. It's just 20%. No big deal. No big deal. Well, they didn't stop there. Here's another White House official saying that it's all the same. Nothing's, nothing's changed. There is no crisis. Pay no attention to what's happening at the southern border. Let's go ahead and play cut number three. But, but Kate, there is something different here, and that is the unaccompanied minors. I and mean, we already have a record number of unaccompanied minors in U.S. Uh, custody. Uh, and in just a single day last week, there were a thousand additional um, minors who uh, were, were caught capturing, you know, who, who were brought into U.S. custody coming across the border. Uh, this, these are record numbers already. And the seasonal surge that you're talking about is only just beginning. This is not, I mean, in terms of unaccompanied minors, this is not the same as it's been. This is, this is worse, is it not? Well, no. And if you look at the numbers, but the it's numbers, not. But, but that doesn't have, mean it's not a serious. But that doesn't mean. But John, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but but I'm saying these are already record numbers of unaccompanied minors, a thousand in a single day. And it's already an record numbers. It's not the same. And the pres, and the president. And the, it, is the, it is the same. These are the same kinds of surges that we've seen. But look, the, the important thing here is not a question of whether it's the same or not. The important thing here is the president has said this is unacceptable to him, and he's working to address it. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I want to show you detention beds. This is something I've tried to hammer home on this show because the Democrats play games 
with how Border Patrol and ICE are funded. So I want to I show you this because one of the ways that they have deliberately, as Gammy Sparkle said, tied our ICE officials, Border Patrol agents, tied their hands behind their backs is by restricting funding for specific purposes. So yeah, Congress increased the funding for baby bottles and diapers, expecting more kids, but they decreased funding for ICE detention beds. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Here you can see the detention beds that ICE had in a given year. 2010, they had 33,400. Uh, it's pretty static. It's going up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. In 2017, it went up to 38,000. 2018, up to 40,520. Then up to 2019, ICE had 50,165 beds. What changed? Democrats took over Congress, at least the House of Representatives, and played hardball with the ICE detention funding. So what you got in the first fiscal year budget after Democrats had that control, it dropped down to 20,000 detention beds. These are the maximum number of beds ICE can have in its detention facilities. Now, that's, that's different than Border Patrol processing facilities. As, as our friend Border Patrol agent Dave likes to say, those are a different animal. They played the game with Border Patrol too, just to a different extent. So the Democrats, and we can go ahead and take this down, they have deliberately, they've deliberately reduced ICE's ability to actually house these people, to, reduced Border Patrol's ability to detain illegal aliens, forcing them to release them or forcing them to make them live on the floor, sleep on the floor, like we've seen in those horrific pictures at the border. You, you can't tell me you're a Democrat who is humanitarian, who cares about these people, when you're restricting how many beds ICE can even put inside the detention facilities. Well, what we see when there's a, a huge surge is it doesn't mean they just get immediately released. It means they sleep on the floor. Right? When Congress restricts how much funding can go to build new bathrooms in these facilities, that doesn't mean that they automatically just get released. It means that the kids can only shower once a week. So yeah, no, the Democrats are the heartless ones. They're the ones playing games with, with these migrant children. Oh yeah, I, I absolutely feel for, for, feel for them. The fact that they've been trafficked this far, it's terrible what their parents put them through. Terrible. But as we've said on the show, if your parent sneaks you into Disneyland or Disney World and they get caught... You don't get to still ride the rides. It's still it's still crime. It's still illegal to enter the United States without authorization. So we have a few more clips I want to play before the end of this hour. Here's one from CNN actually fact-checking the Biden administration. Biden's claiming that the vast majority of adult illegal aliens are being immediately deported. CNN's fact-checking them saying that's a lie. Let's go ahead and play cut number four. When you say that the vast majority of families are being expelled, that, the numbers don't bear that out. The latest numbers that we have from U.S. Border um, and Customs Protection show that uh, 19,200 families were encountered at the border in February and 7,900 were expelled. So that's less than half. That, but if you look at across the course of uh, the last couple of years, if you <laughs> CNN just coming right at him. That is not true. He said vast majority, and U.S. Border Patrol says less than half. It cannot be an accurate statement. It's not true. It is not true. Mr. Producer Josh is asking if all of the Biden spokespeople are redheads. I guess. I guess so. Maybe, maybe Biden picks them for the aromatic experience. Maybe he's decided that he prefers to sniff redheads. I don't know. Apparently, that's what, that's what they're going with over at 1600 I Pennsylvania Avenue. 
I was just thinking about how diverse their cast was. That's all, you know, for an organization yeah. that's so concerned with diversity. I was just, I, I didn't know if you knew. I didn't know if you knew. Oh, well, we're also talking about the same administration who has been urged to hire more Asians into the cabinet. And reportedly, the Biden White House has told members of Congress, we don't need any more Asians. That is a reported quote are you that serious? Democrats are pushing. Yeah, that is a quote that Democrats are pushing that Biden has told them that, that we don't need any more Asians. It's not even like a Republican line. That's a Democrat line. I believe it's Maisie Hirono. I'll look it up in the break. Um, Maisie Hirono, uh, she's been pushing for Biden to appoint more Asian Americans. Or they, they have a new acronym. I'm not going to use it. So Asian Pacific Islander. It's like AAPI. I'm not even going to use it. Uh, it's just so stupid. But yeah, they've been pushing for Biden to hire more Asians. And Biden reportedly, the Biden White House reportedly said, we don't need any more Asians. We're good. Which again, tells you what, it, what it's like to be inside of the most diverse administration in history. No, no, we don't need any more Asians. We're good. Again, that is a quote. That is not me saying that. That is reportedly the Biden White House. So we have one more clip to play. And this is one that I covered last week which was Joe Biden promising to let the press into these facilities, but only after he had been able to clean them up. Well, Saki is asked about it, and here's her response. Let's go ahead and play cut five. The president and you have both been at pains over these first two months to talk about how to pledge that you're going to be transparent with the American people. But, but here's what he said in his news conference about allowing reporters in to see specifically the facilities that are being run by Customs and Border Patrol. Take a look. This is being set up and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, and just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know. The only way we know how bad conditions are for some 5,000 miners in these Border Patrol facilities is because of these pictures that members of Congress have released on their own. Jen, these kids are living in these conditions now. They're not living in these conditions some indeterminate time from now when the president says everything will be fixed. So why not allow reporters and camera crews in on a pool basis safely to take pictures and show the American people what's happening in those Border Patrol facilities right now? Chris, we're absolutely committed to that. The president's committed to that. I'm committed to that. Secretary Mayorkas is committed to that. Just last week, we had a pool a camera, including a, allowing providing footage to Fox News just last week into the shelters. We want to provide uh, access into the Border Patrol facilities. We are mindful of the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic. We want to keep these kids <laughs> safe, keep the staff safe. But we, <laughs> we are absolutely committed to transparency and providing access to media to the Border oh, Patrol it. facilities. Cut and we're working to get that done. So these kids are packed in like sardines. No social distancing. I don't see any masks. They're literally laying on top of each other. Just in, just no six feet. Not even the, the revised Anthony Fauci, three feet. No social distancing whatsoever. But the reason that they won't let the reporters, the camera crew in, is because of social distancing and the pandemic. So only the reporters can spread the virus, not all of the unvetted migrants. Got it. 
Got it. See, none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense at all. And they know it doesn't make sense. They're just hoping that they can spin this long enough for it to leave the news cycle so they don't have to cover it anymore. And yeah, Joe Biden put Kamala Harris on this, but she has now reneged on that. She is not going to solve the border crisis. Instead, Kamala Harris is just going to be the diplomatic lead in talking to Mexico and other Central American states to try and fix the root cause of illegal immigration. She's not going to fix the crisis. She's just going to talk about giving these countries more money. I mean, in fairness, who in their right mind would want to be handed? If your whole thing is we're not going to secure the border, we're going to have catch and release, we're going to have open borders, no one would possibly want that to be on their shoulders. If you're refusing to build the wall, refusing to deport people, you would have to be an idiot to accept the, the responsibility of fixing the southern border. They know what it takes to fix it. They're just diametrically opposed to it. So she's no longer doing it. That's gone. And now we're just back at square one. It's incredible. And as I said, it's now reaching the interior Texas cities in a big way. This is coming to you next. So if you want to fight back against this, if you want to stop this, remember Congress, under the Constitution, Congress has the authority to set our immigration policies, to set our immigration laws. Everything Joe Biden does, he does using permission given to him by Congress. So Congress can put a stop to this. And Ted Cruz is promising to do that. He was down at the border. He saw how horrible this is, and he's promising to do that. But he needs your help to put a stop to this madness, close the border, and catch and release. He needs your help to do it. We are running a fax blast campaign in support of Ted Cruz to put pressure on other members of Congress to do the right thing, honor their oath, and put a stop to this madman in the White House who is opening our borders and allowing the entire world to come in. So if you want to support the show, if you want to fight back, join our Fax Blast campaign. It is in the description on Facebook. It's in the description on YouTube. And I did add a uh, panel on DLive. If you scroll down on DLive, it should be the first panel. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about three major gun cases that broke in the last week. The first is out of the Ninth Circuit. Then we have one out of the Sixth Circuit. And then we have one in the Supreme Court. Really, really important. It will determine the future of your Second Amendment rights. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back and we will talk about it. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 